Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. I am your host, Danny Fortson, and we have big news. Can we sound the new logo klaxon? Our graphics wizards back at London HQ have come up with a new logo for the show. So, first, let's pour one out for the rainbow unicorn. It galloped with the best of them. And served me well as we got the show off the ground two and a half years ago and out into the world. But now we have put it out to pasture in lieu of some more refined artwork, let's say. The new one is a take on The Thinker. You know that famous sculpture. Anyway, we're very highbrow around here. Uh, but anyhow, I was thinking about making some rainbow unicorn swag. Uh, maybe a t-shirt with the logo on it. If you're interested, email me at danny.fortson at sunday-times.co.uk. Maybe could set up a little something and make some. If enough people get in touch, we could do it. And if not, I may do it anyway. Make some onesies for my kids or something. That's it. Now, let's get to today's show. Yo. Technology. What is it all about? And now you're feeling some tingling. I am. Yep. So we, we see lots of different reactions to that, but I'd be interested, what are the words that come to mind? Uh, it feels like a very like soft little hammer on my forehead. Like, That's a very it, interesting it, one. It doesn't hurt. It's just like ding, 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 mm. ding, 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 mm. ding, ding. So these are electrical pulses going down into my brain. Yeah. This week on Danny in the Valley, we have not one but two guests. Ian McIntyre and Tim Fiore are on the program. Now, if you've listened to Tales of Silicon Valley, the other podcast we did this summer, their names may ring a bell. They are the founders of Hum, which is a startup here in Berkeley that is the maker of a little brain patch that you put on your forehead. It zaps your prefrontal cortex with some electrical pulses. And for a few hours, it makes you smarter. That's the idea anyway. So if you want to go very deep on the subject, I would check out the brain episode of Tales of Silicon Valley, which you can find also on Apple Podcasts. But first, you should listen to this one because it is fascinating. And we get the whole founding story of the company, what they're up to, why they think it works and where they think it's going. Imagine a world where we can all cheaply and instantly dramatically increase our smarts. Who gets it? Who doesn't? What does it all mean for society? 
So we cover all of that and how Tim and Ian ended up here in California from where they came from, which is way on the other end of Australia, uh, to make it all happen. So without further ado, here they are, Tim and Ian of Hum. Enjoy. If you could just tell a just big start, you know, where are we and who you guys are and what you're doing? Yeah, so my name is uh, Ian McIntyre. I'm CEO of a company called Hum, and this is Dr. Tim Fury. Hi there, so I'm Tim. I'm our CTO. And we are building one side of the brain-computer interface equation, which is the, the stimulation side, the side that puts information back into the brain. We're here at Skydeck, which is a UC Berkeley accelerator for startups that are working on hardcore science. We moved over here from Western Australia 12 months ago. We were Western Australia. That's the one. So yeah. really far away. Yeah, yeah. It's about as far from um, on the other side of the the coast of the US as it is from the, the other coast of Australia. People forget that Australia is the same size as the US. So, so were you in Perth or something? Or yeah, we were in Perth. Right. So it's a traditionally a mining and university town, and, and we came out of the universities. And Tim was going to be a, a surgeon, I was going to be a lawyer. We decided to bail out, getting into that profession, and actually worked on this thing, which we were really excited about. So you studied law. Yep, and physics, yep. So how do you end up doing this? Well, I'll let Tim tell that story. Tim kind of got us all into it. <laughs> sure, while I was at medical school in Australia, I was working in a lab doing neurostimulation for spinal cord rehab to try to help people rehab faster, trying to get people to get back on their feet sooner. We were doing a pilot study at the time. In fact, Ian was one of my guinea pigs for the study. We were just doing a study in healthy participants. We were just testing this kind of device in a way to try to make people's legs kick and arms move and testing the signals that were going By through By shooting some kind of electrical signal into the brain. Magnetic in that situation. Okay. So if you imagine a big electromagnet held in certain positions by a doctor above the person's head, you can actually turn on and off different parts of the brain in a really, really easy and instant way. The way that looks is suddenly your arm might flex or your leg might kick outside of your control. That sounds wild. It was. It was really sort of a visceral introduction into what we're doing now. None of us, I think, really realized the potential of this tech. So Ian experienced it, I experienced it. We sort of got excited about what this could do. And at the same time, a lot of work was coming out about how this can help healthy people, how it can help improve cognitive performance, not just as a therapeutic after an injury or treating mental illnesses and such. So you were a guinea pig for the, for the initial magnetic treatment yeah you so you can imagine you're in college you're studying law and your friend's studying medicine and one day he hits you up he says come in for this little study i need participants in this study you go into this big scary building it's very clinical you sit down and you say okay so what's actually happening today they wheel out a gigantic machine that looks like it's going to fry your brain and they they pull out this big circular magnet and then they count down from 30 30 29 28 all the way to zero and then all of a sudden the big like smack happens like a big noisy click and your arm or your leg just pulses out of your control that was my first experience of this technology super scary but also really fascinating it was like wow this is a big chunky machine it's kind of like one of those first computers it takes up the entire size of a room but this can change my experience of life in a really noticeable hard to ignore way I didn't know we had technology that could cause this kind of change. Can this change your feelings? Can this change your thoughts? And that started a conversation that took 10 years to turn into this company, yeah. 
Why a countdown from 30? It was for standardization, but in hindsight, <laughs> it might have made our participants a little, a little suspicious. I think we paid you 10 bucks for the experience. Well, that's it. But back then, that's two, three beers. <laughs> yeah, in Australia, it's, it's, it's a couple more. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was 10 years ago, and that was using magnetic stimulation with a giant machine. What are you doing now? Right now, we've taken that kind of technology and packaged it into something that's what we think is the easiest the cheapest and the simplest way to experience what this can do. We're using electrical stimulation, a really weak form of transcranial electrical stimulation, rather than the magnetic stim we spoke about before. But what's so, sorry, I'm just holding my hand what you've created here, which looks, it's like, a, it's almost like, was it fabric? Yeah, it's a little fabric and foam medical patch. Yeah, it's about, what, four inches long? Yeah, let's open one up. Yeah. Sorry. So basically, we've taken a technology that 10 years ago was still $10,000 medical devices used in labs. A couple of people have done some work before us to turn it into devices that you can buy, and we're kind of standing on the shoulders of giants, but we've gone to the complete opposite. Yeah. This is a tiny device. Yeah, it looks like a kind of a giant nail file, but fabric. Yeah, it's intended to kind of look like a mixture of a Band-Aid and a, yeah. and a, a, a medical patch, yeah. It's, it's a single-use patch. You peel off these little tabs, and it's got mm-hmm. sticky tabs that stick onto your forehead. And then it's got a tiny little battery and a tiny little circuit in it. And it gives you the experience of neurostimulation. And what we're doing is we're improving working memory. So we're able to help people be more creative, learn new things, um, multitask better. And there's a little switch here. Yeah. That, this is a working prototype at the moment, so we're still using kind of basic components. So that's, but that's effectively like an on-off switch? Yeah, right. yeah. But the, the final version should actually just turn on automatically when you place it on your head. So what does this little thing do? So this discharges a tiny current at a very specific frequency into what's called your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. So there's this thing called brainwaves. So brainwaves kind of underlie consciousness. What they actually are 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 neurons sending electrical signals to each other. And in different parts of the brain, the brainwaves look different and mean different things. So when you use an electrical signal measurement device something called an electroencephalogram an EEG you can see differences in in the currents and the the signals of the electricity in the brain what has been done to get this device made has been about 20 years of work looking at what happens when you actually put electricity back into the brain and how it affects those brain waves and how it affects the way that those brain waves look in different parts of the brain we specifically have picked uh, a type of this or a, a montage of this is what they call this like form of setup mm-hmm. which improves your memory so it's putting a tiny electrical signal at six hertz which is the theta frequency the theta brainwave which is a brainwave that's kind of at the moment understood to be the way that information comes in and out of the brain okay. um, it's a bit more complicated than that obviously but this is kind of the basic theory and we're actually boosting that frequency and we're sustaining it over time we're putting an artificial signal into the brain or artificial information into the brain to cause a natural brain state to come about more often and for a long period of time and what we found behaviorally is that after we do that we can get about a 20 percent improvement in people's working memory which kind of corresponds to the difference between a 60 year old and a 20 year old in terms of performance on working memory tasks that sounds quite like quite a big deal it's huge yeah i think this technology has incredible potential but it's just so weird strange and new and not many people are using it. And so it's really just the start of people starting to realize Yeah, because I feel like if I went out, because we're in downtown Berkeley, it's a glorious day. I'm going to have a very nice lunch after. But if I went down mm-hmm. to one of these Mexican places, of which there are many right here, 
mm-hmm. and have this strapped to my forehead. I'd be like Google Glass guy like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, you might be. Um, we we actually have improved on the form factor a lot from what's come before. They've been like these big, scary looking headphones with like nibs that stick into your. And head. I saw on your yeah on your website, it's more like a kind of a headband. Yeah, that was the thing. old design. Yeah. yeah, with this little patch that you're holding in your hand, which yep. is we've tried to make it as small and like unassuming as possible. So no longer do we want it to look like a big medical device or a scary tech device. We want it to just be a patch. Um, so this little patch in my hand, mm-hmm. you're talking about how it can improve working memory. What does that actually mean for my life? Working memory is like one of the most important cognitive functions. So people commonly talk about things like long-term memory, short-term memory, IQ. No one really talks in the same terms in these contexts like public conversations without a scientist involved are very often kind of talking about consciousness my perception of my memory that kind of thing working memory is this really specific thing in science which is kind of like the ram of the brain it's the amount of information that you can hold in a really high fidelity and it's a very small amount of information but it's actually the gate to all information entering the brain so things like short-term memory long-term memory all depend on this working memory and actually iq is highly dependent on working memory too working memory is basically able to be summarized as if someone says a bunch of numbers to you or if you see a whole bunch of things in your vision how much of that do you actually remember in a way that you can make decisions based off it or interpret that information so the way that we measure working memory is just as simple as like a digit span, telling people a list of numbers and telling mm-hmm. them to, to add them together or say them to us backwards. Or there are lots of games and tests that neuroscience labs use. But what it actually means for you is if you go out into the real world, how can you grapple with things that you're unfamiliar with? If you see a scene you've never seen before, how do you choose what to do? If you're driving and you're taking in information from the road in front of you, how do you choose whether to go or stop when the light changes? And all the way up to more complicated tasks, like when you're learning something new, how are you picking from your long-term memory what to bring into that situation and interfacing that with what you're seeing in front of you? All of that is very highly dependent on working memory. So being creative, multitasking, learning new things. So what is the... Well, first of all, this works. Yeah, definitely. We've um, replicated a whole bunch of other people's studies in our own work here in the lab you're in. And we've also relying on a large body of evidence using this specific method of neurostimulation. So the exact same parameters of signal, frequency, current, those kinds of things. And a few years ago, this would have been, if you wanted to recreate the effect of what this little patch yeah. does, yeah. would you be in a giant room with a giant machine? Yeah, you, st- you still are. So the, the only people that have ever built what we've got in front of you are us. Six months ago, it was a headband that would have cost a couple hundred dollars and it took us tens of hours to assemble. What you're holding now is a tiny little patch that um, costs us about costs about $5 each at the moment, including all of the costs of the business. We were able to give them to customers for that. Um, so that's really, really different to what was even a year ago available, which are those clinical devices, typically no less than $10,000. They take about half an hour to set up. Um, so that, that's what we're doing here. We're kind of translating that from the lab into the real world. And so this is five bucks. So I put it on my head. I turn it on. Mm-hmm. Do I feel anything? Yeah. Yeah. You can do it now if you'd like. We sure. Can, we, can, we can totally say, yeah, it's very safe. Um, we have hundreds <laughs> of people do it. So I feel like, so am I going to be uh, like super smart now? Basically? Uh, you should be. You should be able to be more interesting in conversation and um, oh. also remember more of what we talk about. Give you this as well. Just okay. Do a quick 
So in our, in our studies, we found that 95% of people respond within the three minutes, and on average, working memory improves by 20%. So that's what the scores and the neuroscience studies go up by. Right. But in subjective work, we've tested this with hundreds of customers, giving them to take home. We see people say things like, I remembered more of what I did in the couple of hours after I used the product. As simple as like, I remembered more flashcards when I was studying, all the way up to I have a more vivid memory of like the activity that I was doing or I learned my piano faster, that kind of thing. So it says, step one, pull hair back. <laughs> You've done that one well. <laughs> you came prepared. <laughs> Making me feel bad already. All right, so, and I just put it. Yep, so the only thing you need to bear in mind is that it's above the level of the ears and on equal yep. sides of the nose. That looks perfect to me. Okay. So does it feel like it's tightly connected? Yes. Yep, it should be. That's fine. Yeah, And um, I'm ready to be super smart yep so when you flick the button on you will start seeing yep go ahead other way so you'll start seeing maybe some like little flashing in your periphery yeah i did see that yeah yep that's called a phosphine it's the same thing as when you put your finger against your eye and just push it when you've got your eye closed it's just like stray electrical current that was weird. so that wasn't from the thing that was just oh yep oh. that's from the patch yep oh and now you're feeling some tingling i am yep so we, we see lots of different reactions to that, but I'd be interested, what are the words that come to mind? Uh, it feels like a very like soft little hammer on my forehead. Like, That's a very that, interesting one. It doesn't hurt. It's just like ding, 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 mm. ding, 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 mm. ding, ding. Yeah, so and you, it's only on the left. Right. People have really different perceptions of this because it's just not something you've ever experienced before. No. We hear all kinds of different things. I've heard people say it's really warm. Other people say it's really cold. Um, but what, you, what you're saying sounds pretty... Yeah, it's just like ding, ding, ding. It's just like... It's like a woodpecker. Yep. And it, do you feel that it's about six times a second that you can feel that? It's pretty fast. That's yeah. the frequency that we're stimulating at that you you can perceive. So it's an AC current bouncing between okay. those two pads six times a second. And that's what's going down and into so your brain. What is, so these are electrical pulses going down into my brain. Yeah. Yeah, and they're in influencing the brainwaves in the prefrontal cortex. Okay. And then it's actually causing like a resonating effect throughout the whole brain too, where neurons throughout the whole brain start to resonate at 6 hertz. And by doing that, they become available to do that theta memory task, taking so information they're all kind of in the brain. dancing together. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like tuning an orchestra. Right, right. So right. the whole orchestra is now playing the same note, and so it's more coherent, and you can, you yeah. can do better tasks, yeah. Wild. I feel something. I don't know what that is, and I don't know how much of that is just psychosomatic or what, but it does feel like something's happening in my brain. <laughs> exactly. Measuring is important, isn't it, for anything like this? Yeah. The way we've measured the effect of this is with, if you sort of imagine very simple computer games, mm -hmm. um, well-known memory tasks and um, cognitive tests that have been used for a couple of decades um, in psychology. So if you imagine sort of a memory card game mm -hmm. or knowing or, or a game where you have to sort of identify things that flash up on the screen, even a digit span test, um, we do that sort of test before and after, even during as well, and we see compared to a placebo, quite a significant improvement in people's scores. So we standardize for that learning effect, that effect where you'll get better regardless over yeah. time and compare that to a placebo, actually a headset that feels the same and looks the same, but doesn't provide the same kind of stimulation. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. 
I'll just talk you through the test. So we published all of our data online showing that with the standard neuroscience cognitive batteries they mm-hmm. use in labs, we, we get this improvement against placebo like Tim, Tim just explained. I'm just showing you um, one of the games that we use just as an example. So this is called a reverse causey or a, yeah. a pebble reverse causey block. You can find it on YouTube just by typing in reverse C-O-R-S-I block. Um, and then you get these blocks on the screen that flash uh, in a certain order. So they're yep. all blue and then a gold block flashes. Yep. It's kind of like the game Memory you played as a child. Yeah, yeah. It gets harder and harder. Simon Says or whatever. Yeah. Or Simon Says, yeah. It gets harder and harder and you have to remember the order that they flashed in reverse. And there are other variations like remembering it forwards, backwards and yeah. things like this. And th- that's basically just a very standardized way of controlling for how we measure what's how much information someone has in their working memory. You can do other tests like remembering digits in order um, and remembering like flashing images that you're shown. These are just all like the standard ways that we measure in neuroscience labs. Gotcha. But they actually correlate into real world activities like driving and those kinds of things. So if, if I have this on, is my IQ higher? Actually better than that. Better than that. Working memory is actually more of a predictor for your success in life than IQ no one's ever done a study like directly correlating working memory and IQ, but we'd be, we'd be 100% sure that they would correlate. Working memory, though, actually has been found to be a strong predictor of your academic success and your um, like salary and things like this. Some of Vivian Ming's work is actually really closely related to that. You see within three minutes this direct improvement in a way that can contrib- contribute directly to your educational outcomes and your success in life. One of the really interesting examples of that that we've seen is that when we do our studies here, we draw from lots of different groups of people when we're trying to get like a broad spectrum of the population in our studies. And so we, we go from everyone from college students at UC mm-hmm. Berkeley, who typically are very smart and have yeah, good yeah. working memory, um, especially the computer science students, all the way to random people from Craigslist. And when you're paying $15 to um, someone to come in on Craigslist, you get a very wide spectrum of people. Um, and, and some <laughs> That's people, one way to put it. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> we've had some really interesting experiences. I'm sure. But when you, when you put the UC Berkeley students' scores, like their baseline scores against some of the people that we get in who are coming in because they have no job or they, they are like delinquent, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, you can see a definite correlation between your like academic success at uc berkeley and being one of those really high achieving students and your working memory yeah so yeah just fascinating that we we can already see that in even in our small studies hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So what's the plan for this? Good question. Yeah. We have a really long-term vision for this technology. It's so new that it's going to take a while to kind of like penetrate the market. To this point, it's really just been a couple of tiny companies testing yeah. different like tools that people can use for very specific purposes, mostly medical, um, and therefore like very contained to those diseases that they're treating. We, though, view ourselves as kind of the first company to actually try and make this technology approachable to a broad group of people. And we're doing that with this product by putting it into this tiny form factor that's really easy to use and not scary. It's not a rechargeable battery device that you plug in and you're worried, is this going to fry my brain? It's just this tiny little patch. And it's really easy to use. It's about as easy as you use as a Band-Aid, you know? And we're we're really branding it as not like this tool for really high-performing people who have a lot of money or a tool for people who are really sick. We're branding it as this tool for anyone who wants to learn new things or just as they age, continue to get the best out of their brain. So they're already eating properly, sleeping properly, um, but they use this tool to kind of get more out of life. And that seems to be our the first market where people are really demanding this particular working memory. So if I'm wounded, but I'm just walking around with this thing on, I'm kind of, the idea is that suddenly I'm a lot smarter. Yeah, it's that simple. It sounds like magic. It sounds crazy. But actually, we're just immediately improving your working memory. It doesn't mean that you can go and like learn something instantly. You yeah. still have to it's put the like work I'm in. It's not like I'm beautiful mind, like seeing equations. I'm not seeing equations no. right now. Yeah, and we're not we're not downloading information <laughs> to your brain. You still have to put the work in just yeah. as hard as you would. You still have to be awake and healthy to get the benefits of this. But you're getting this direct mental improvement that you couldn't get any other way. Caffeine, Ritalin, those kinds of things actually impact your working memory negatively. This I was going to say, this feels like this is going to be a really hot seller at universities around finals week. We think so too, yeah. yeah. We decided to go with um, a launch market in older people, Bo, because having tested this technology with hundreds of people, we find that younger people find it really difficult to kind of contextualize the mental benefit. Um, older people who have started to notice that natural deterioration yeah. of working memory, they feel like this is a painkiller. They tell us, wow, this is taking me back to a time in my life that I haven't experienced in 20 years when I could learn things. Getting rid of that quote-unquote brain fog or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Getting rid of that, like, I just noticed that my brain is starting to, like, not respond as well as it used to. Whereas the younger people, they still love it. We have just as many young customers as we do old, actually. Um, So you're selling this now? Yeah, we're doing early orders and, and giving people prototypes to test. We've been conducting studies for the last two years, partnering with labs, um, and now we're actually putting prototypes in people's and hands. And so did you have to get FDA approval? FDA clearance yeah. for the final product. But no, for the initial testing stuff that we do now, we just have IRB review board kind of overseeing the testing, work with the neuroscientists at the different labs that we work with. The FDA has actually previously regulated a whole suite of other products that have used very similar technology. So the parameters that you have to sit within in order yeah. for it to be safe and the claims that you can make are very well understood and regulated. And we're, we're telling everyone, please don't use this to treat any kind of disease. Don't use this if you have a, any kind of like surgery done in your brain, those kinds of things. So we actually sit outside the FDA regulation process. But in the longer term, we're pursuing that 
um, particularly for mild cognitive impairment, which is a, a disorder where working memory really sharply deteriorates, mm. kind of pre-dementia, especially right. for people over 65. So we're, we're in the FDA pipeline, but this first initial launch product, this isn't an FDA product. This is a, a wellness product. Right, but so in other words, you can anybody can use this without yeah. the, F, the full FDA. Yeah. So why would you even need an FDA approval then? We would only want FDA approval if we're actually wanting to treat a condition. As a medical treatment, yeah. right. Oh, I yeah. see, I see. We, we, would, we, get, we actually, as a, as a team and talking to the scientists that we deal with, think that FDA approval would be good because it would just add another level of trust. Um, from a scientific perspective, we're not doing anything dangerous that requires FDA yeah. approval at all. But um, in most people's minds, it's kind of if it's FDA approved, then it's definitely safe. And if it's not FDA approved, then there's, they at least have to think about it. Yeah. So we like the idea of pursuing FDA approval over time. Have you guys thought about what this <coughs> means longer term? Because like right now, say we have our phones, which are in a way a kind of a a mental crutch in many ways. Like, for example, I was driving over here. And my phone was on the fritz, and so, and I was like, I kind of know where I need to go, but I'm not sure. I basically had to go back, drive next to my house so I could get back in Wi-Fi so I can get the maps, and then I was on my way. I probably could have done it, but I'm just like, well, I have this thing. I have this thing that makes me smarter. This, if it's doing what you're saying it does, why wouldn't I just have this on me, Or especially if it's something that's not looks like this on my forehead right now? Mm. Or something smaller, a little patch, whatever. Why wouldn't everybody just have this all the time? It's a good question. I think um, for the moment, we're not kind of having to actually confront that question because it's just so few people are using it. Yeah. And it's it's still um, really new. But in about 20 years, I think that will be a really serious question everyone has to consider. Does this become uh, a part of us? Like the phones are starting to become. And does Yeah, because this-, this is kind of a little, a little hack to become kind of superhuman. Mm-hmm. This first product and the way that we're designed it to be for working memory, we actually kind of see it more as a hack to help people who are just experiencing that natural deterioration. Um, so this is kind of like bucking the natural aging trend and yeah. getting something out of like that. So this isn't kind of like this this cheat tool that could come in the future. Um, and, and some people are building products like that for things like athletes. Um, so we're not like ethically conflicted with this first product and this yeah. first market we're looking at, but... Yeah, I think in 20 years, we're going to have to start to consider, does this become as much of a challenge as, as phones have become in how they impact oh, their lives? The, or more, or more. Because if you think, of, for example, if everybody in America is walking around with something like this mm. all the time, and in Australia, and Europe, but maybe in Africa, it's not so hard to get, or not so easy to get, or mm. whatever. Or, you know, the developing world, you, you kind of have a bifurcation of the human race, not to be too, too dramatic. No, I agree. Um, I think we actually already are experiencing that and have been for a long time in ways that we don't really appreciate is, is an interesting perspective as well. Like, I have this really expensive MacBook Pro. It's a $3,500 computer, right? The The student who has, like, a $200 Dell laptop that just doesn't work well, I'm already at a significant advantage. That person, technology is becoming closer and closer to who we are. So my capabilities are just drastically expanded by my nature of my better access to technology. This patch is going to be a part of that in the future. We don't have all the answers, but we know that 
we're coming at it from the right place. We believe that we've got the heart in the right place and working with people like Vivian Ming, we're trying to address these questions early on. Yeah. We're, we're working on a study with her. We're actually going to try and use this for children from different socioeconomic backgrounds and with brain injuries and things. So already starting to look at how we can help people who wouldn't otherwise get access to the technology right. rather than just giving it to the, the people who can pay the most and get... Yeah, because this is the thing. It's a classic like, well, I want my kid to have this. My kid's definitely having this. Mm. You know, he's going to have it. It's like, did you bring your books, your backpack and your brain enhancing patch mm, mm. every day mm. and obviously not everybody's gonna be able to afford that an important thing to know is that um it using this will definitely not give you the effect of sleeping properly eating properly and just being healthy yeah. like the technology is still really early yeah 20 improvement in working memory is, is revolutionary it's never been seen before nothing's ever been done like that but um if you are not awake if your brain is not functioning properly, your nutrition's bad, a 20% improvement in working memory becomes like kind of non, doesn't have yeah. that meaning. Um, we've seen that with various testers. Like we, we actually tested this with a lot of esports athletes to start off with, people playing computer games. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting technical thing. Like we could measure immediately what happened in their performance in an activity when they used the product. But we found that like that, that measurable improvement that we saw wasn't impactful if they weren't like sleeping before 3 a.m. Um, right. So we've actually seen that directly. Right, 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 right. So there's a lot of things that people could be doing that they're not doing already that are not going to um, are going to mean that this technology isn't going to make superhumans that are better than everyone else. But, right, right, right. Um, right. It's, it's a thing to start thinking about, particularly as we go beyond 20% and as we start looking at other cognitive functions as well as working memory. If we can boost all your cognitive functions by 20% or 50%, and if it's like a, a process that takes a surgical implant and that costs a lot of money, then we start to look at like really bifurcating the human race, and that's scary and exciting, yeah. Although I think with any <laughs> technology like this, it's always really, if you look at every example, it started by being expensive and really unfortunately only available to people with those yeah. means then over time, over generations, it becomes easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper. The fortunate thing with this kind of tech is that it's already so inexpensive that even though it might begin in certain populations, we're obviously at um, an advantage to a lot of other people in the world, even just for a $5 device, that could be a significant difference. But it's already at a point where it's so cheap comparatively to where it has been previously that we think we're doing the right thing by making it so accessible and so easy to use. Well, that's what kind of strikes me is that here we are at this accelerator, which is cool, but it's kind of, you know, it's rough and ready. You're two guys from the middle of nowhere in Australia who have made this thing. Why hasn't Johnson & Johnson done this or any number of medical device companies? I mean, I mean, I don't know how much I imagine a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into this. But, I mean, if you two guys did it, why isn't somebody else doing this and doing it on a much grander scale and is not already everywhere? I think partly we're much more than two guys. We have a great team behind <laughs> us and a great team of advisors as well. So we haven't certainly haven't come here by ourselves. But um, the the science and the tech has only just gone to a point where it has become feasible. This kind of tech's been in the market as a medical device, a similar kind of tech, for about 30 years, actually. So the first device to use this kind of weak electrical stimulation was approved by the FDA in 1990 for things like anxiety and insomnia. Okay. And over that time, the tech's become cheaper and, and simpler. 
to the point where we can package it into a device like this. But at the same time, the research behind improving cognitive functions, not just helping with disorders, has only come about recently. Only about 10 to 15 years ago um, did important research come about about the kind of brainwaves we're targeting and how they relate to working memory and attention, how they sort of decline over age as well, and how they decline when you get distracted. And then even more recently, maybe only five years ago, and even a lot of work in the last two years has come about showing that you can artificially enhance those electrical signals and that you can have a lasting effect after you use a device like this. So it's really a combination of the tech being ready and the science being ready. Right. And we think consumers being ready as well and so how long does this stimulate you know fire do this the firing it's doing right now now it's kind of now it does feel a little bit like it's burning so the device lasts for 15 minutes okay we found the minimum dose for this kind of stimulation is actually about three minutes but that only provides a really short after effect 15 minutes we've measured up to an hour to an hour and a half of effect Right. That sort of declines thereafter. We bring people back a week later and they're back to normal. But what they did in that hour and a half with that enhancement, that's retained. So I feel like I have to really make the most out of this next hour. Yeah. I've got a lot of work. (laughs) We found that the effect lasts a couple of hours, but in terms of that noticeable 20%, I am definitely better than I've ever been. Um, That's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I took one of these and put and had my wife do it and did like a before and after. Is there a before and after test I could do online? Yeah. Yeah. We, we can give you a link to a test. The tests are a bit strange. Like you actually have to control your environment a little bit and they're quite difficult. They can be frustrating because we're like trying to challenge you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could definitely see an improvement. Um, I might be, kind of, oh, I mean, I can do it to myself. I don't know if she'd be should be up for it, but I can try it. Yeah, and you can also do it in like subjective activities and still notice the improvement. There's obviously a placebo built in, and you've got to think about like how much of the effect yeah. you're seeing is placebo or not. Um, in the real world, that is, but you can do something like like go and listen to a, a song and see if you can remember the lyrics and how fast you can do that against how fast you normally could. And we've had people tell us, you know, this is much faster with this, or try and remember flashcards of a new language that you're trying to learn, like new vocabulary. Um, these are activity or learning coding. These are activities that we've seen um, people just get this immediate performance enhancement. And what you're saying is that obviously the the effect dissipates, but what you did during that time sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. It's like compound interest in the bank. So you you're um, you're earning more incrementally now of the information that you're trying to absorb. You're able to absorb more of it. And so if you, if you plot that over time, if you keep using the device over time to learn this new language, then you'll get exponentially faster, actually, because that boost just stacks on top of itself. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like having compound interest in the bank. You'll earn it much faster by that continued use than just the 20% improvement. And you guys make these here in this lab that we were just in? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's, I presume if you're making a business out of this, you've got to get into some mass production. Definitely, yeah. We're coming out of the prototyping phase and we're just now looking at locking in our final design and going towards external manufacturing later this year. Yeah, so to get to where we are right now with the patch idea and the build and stuff like that, it's actually, it's actually cost us about half a million dollars over two years of development. We have been kind of zigzagging, developing different things and testing them as we went along. But I found the, fa- the question about why isn't Johnson & Johnson doing this fascinating? It's actually been really difficult to get to this that this would be our first product. 
right. everyone's first thing that they think of when they think about using a new technology is I want a premium device that I can trust, that I can reuse. This is actually kind of like a uh, an illogical way to do it. Yeah, and, kind unless, of like disposable contact lenses yeah, as a first. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like instead of buying a coffee machine, buying a coffee. If you were like wanting to like set yourself up to have coffee every day, you wouldn't yeah. want it. You wouldn't think I need to go and try. Um, this actually was really difficult to come to, and we only came to it by working with a lot of customers and standing on the shoulders of giants. There have been other companies that have tried to commercialize this kind of technology before, things like the magnetic stimulation, direct current instead of the alternating current that we're using, um, and have failed over time. And we've seen customers just find their products not easy to use and scary and weird and and have to be marketed really high-performing people in order to have people pay a couple hundred dollars each. So we've kind of actually got the benefit of the supporters that have backed us until now with a half a million dollars to give us the time to figure this out, Um, all of the advisors that we have, neuroscientists, people from Intel's manufacturing background, that kind of thing, to help us learn how to build this, and all of those companies that have come before us um, that have tried to make this work. That's how we've got to work. And so how many years have you guys actually been working on HUM? It'd be be three years now, yeah. Right. We'd been discussing it um, since like 2012, when, when I was involved in Tim's study um, and we discussed it a lot for over a long period of time reading the latest science thinking about the different like parts of the science that we're developing like the different types mm. of stimulation and stuff um, but three years ago we actually got together as a group of four at the time um, Tim the medical doctor myself lawyer and business person and Ahmed the engineer and he was going to banking and then another engineer who was working on software um, we, we all got together and said, okay, we want to actually think about how we could build a product here. Um, right. Pretty quickly, we had some people invest in us through an incubator program um, and a whole bunch of angels back in Western Australia, back us, really forward-thinking people. Um, and it just kind of spiraled out of control into a company from there. And then um, we found out that um, UC Berkeley had this program that wanted to support companies doing research with the UC system. And we were partnering over time with this lab at UC, UCSF. Um, that's where the, like, the clinical research is being done using this exact stimulation type. Um, and that's right. just how we've kind of got to where we are, yeah. It's wild. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an exponential world. Like four years ago, we wouldn't have seen ourselves being in Silicon Valley, pioneering the first technology that was like this single-use tiny cost of this. We, we just never thought that that would happen, but here we are. And yeah, so how much will these retail for? So they're going to be $5 each. On a, You're going to sell pack. them for five bucks in a pack, yeah. So we're going to sell them in a pack of like sixty dollars a month for twelve. Yeah, oh, based subscription on business. Yeah, of course. Just because it makes it easier for the customer and we yeah, can yeah, 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 reduce the cost with economies yeah, yeah. of scale. Um, yeah, over time though, we're looking at potentially building a reusable version, something that collects more data, right. adding in some of the stuff that we panned about, like using EEG and. Um, and other types of biodata collection to improve the process and tailor it to people. But this is just the way that we get the most people to try it, yeah. experience the benefits, and then come back for more. It's funny. You think about um, all the um, – you have Netflix, you have Spotify. So, you, have, you know, you have your entertainment subscription. You can get a wine subscription. Now you can get like a brain enhancement mm. subscription. Yeah. It's a brave new world. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I can't think of any other questions. Is there anything else we've missed? No. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing all kinds of cool things at the moment. Um, we're exploring um, everything from people who are retired and like want to learn new languages all the way to the U.S. Air Force. Um, we're looking at a contract with them. 
um, to improve pilot training on simulators. Um, we're really interested in, at the moment in the Bay Area primarily just because mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to focus on the people that are around us. Um, and so by November, we're actually planning to launch this product properly and have the final manufactured version in people's hands. But in the meantime, um, you can catch us at all kinds of events in, right. in the Silicon Valley Bay Area. Oh, cool. Um, and we're we're very open to being contacted and chatting about the science that we're doing and and helping people out um, understanding the technology. We also get a lot of kind of people who are working at Google and other big tech companies who are fascinated with the I'm tech sure. but just don't know how to take the leap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we love talking to people, so yeah, we'd love to be in touch with anyone cool. who's interested. We've been really <laughs> low in presence. We, we yeah. just launched our new website. We haven't promoted it anywhere. Yeah. Um, you're the first person to hear the, the name of the website. It's thinkhum.com. Thinkhum.com. And it's H-U-M-M.com. Yeah. You heard it here first. That's the one. Uh, cool. Well, look, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's fascinating. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming and visiting us. And that is all the time we have. What do you think? Snake oil? Or is this the real deal? Or somewhere in the middle? Check out the website. There's also a white paper on there that kind of talks, that explains the experiments they've done and the results. It is all very interesting. Like I said, my personal experience with my head kind of being zapped. You definitely obviously feel something. And again, on Tales of Silicon Valley, I actually did a test and it did improve. But again, it's not scientific. I don't know if it was placebo or not, but it's uh, it's an interesting idea and it's something that, you know, this idea of improving working memory, a lot of pretty smart people out here are looking at, working on, talking about. So anyhow, hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made you think, so to speak. And you can find all my other stuff as you can every week in the newspaper online at thetimes.co.uk I'm on Twitter at Danny Fortson and if you have any thoughts doubts, concerns misgivings email me at danny.fortson at sunday-times.co.uk that's it for this week have a good one bye bye